Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello. Hi. Hello. 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 Hello, listeners. It's me. It's Troy. It's Jay. It's the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. And it's our review of NXT UK. All right, Sunshine? Yeah, more good. More Sweet. Good. Sweet. I've, uh, I've got some titty tidbits before we Should go. We... Should we get into it? Yeah. I'll uh, we'll do the 5th of December. Uh, so at the time of recording, that's yesterday's date. Um, shit, birthdays on the 5th of December. There's a lot of birthdays. Just having a look now. Yeah. Uh, 1958, Dynamite Kid. Uh, unfortunately, on the same day in 2018, he passed away as well. So on his mm. birthday. Uh, who else? 1953, Larry Zabisco. Uh, 1940, no. Adrian Street. And... Mm. Can't see any other ones that I recognise, unless there's any there that you no. are familiar with. They were the standouts. There's a few I've heard of, but I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got some pay per views. <laughs> oh God, have we got some pay per views? Right. In 2015, Shikara presents Top Banana. <laughs> of course it does. Of course it does. Um, opening match: six person tag, Argus Ophidian. And Shiron, uh, Shinron. Defeat, Shinron defeated uh, Lucas Calhoun, Missile Assault Man, and Snowflake. <laughs> Frightmare defeated Silver Ant. Second six person tag match Kobold, Kodama, and Obarian defeated the Batiri. Who? Ch- oh? The Batiri. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're, they're like kind of like Mortal Kombat characters. They're pretty cool. Excellent. Uh, they yeah. defeated the team of Chuck Taylor, Allsack Drew Gulak, and Orange Cassidy. The Gentleman's uh, Club. The Gentleman's Club. Then there's a about Swamp Thing with them as well. Nice. 16-man tag elimination. Uh, the team of Je- <laughs> Jacob Hammermere, uh, Juan Francisco de Corano, Mark Angler... Fuck me. Mark <laughs> Anglosetti, Mr. Azerbaijan, and Pinky Sanchez, Prakash Sabar... The pro, the pro, I can't pronounce Prole- that. Proletariat, Boar of Moldova. <laughs> Waney defeated <Wayne. laughs> Amatis, Dasha Hatfield, Estonian Farmer Frog, Heidi Loveless, Hype Rockwell, Oleg the Usurper, Race Jackson, and Worker Antu. Fuck me. So just to go into that a little bit, um, Heidi Loveless familiar- is Ruby Soho. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Azerbaijan is Chuck Taylor in a mask. <laughs> so he literally finished one match, got changed. Straight into it. Straight into the next. Fair play. Uh, and I think all the others are just... Yeah, the, the others are just... Um, aren't like anyone in particular. Mm. That Dasha Hatfield's renamed himself to Avery Good Professional Wrestler, which is a brilliant name. <laughs> so... Jackie Daytona, human bartender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next match, draw, no contest, Fire Ant versus Soldier Ant. So, fun fact, Fire Ant is Orange Cassidy, Soldier yeah. Ant is all Drew Bula. Brilliant. So, <laughs> all three members of the Gentleman's Club did double duty here. <laughs> uh, Eight-person tag match, El Hido del Ice Cream and Ice Cream Junior and Jervis Cottonbelly and Princess Kimberly. Defeated the team of Blaster McMassive, Flex Rumble Crunch, Jacker, and Max Smashmaster. Fuck I'm, me. I'm sure Big Tasty said their team was literally called Team Massive or something like that. Blaster McMassive and Flex Rumble All the horses. Crunch. <laughs> I'll have to ask Big Tasty what the name the team name was. It doesn't say it. Um, in a match for the Chikara Grand Championship, uh, Hallow Wicked uh, retained against Eddie Kingston and Icarus. And then, uh, again, for the Grand Championship, in a title change, Princess Kimberly defeated Hallow Wicked to become the new uh, Chikara Grand Champion. Nice. Oh, that sounds like a riot. Um, 
I'll give you the choice. I've got a feeling Hallow Wicked is Super Dragon's brother or cousin. Okay. And if um, you uh, ever put a choice. lad around Excalibur, isn't it? <laughs> you could either have 2010 or 2004. Pick a year. 2004. Whoa. 2004, TNA presents Turning Point. Nice. What nice. was the other one? Uh, Final Resolution, TNA. Oh, so both TNA shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, opening match, NWA tag titles. Uh, Bobby Roode and Eric Young defeated BG James and Ron Killings. Six-person tag, Hector Garza, Sanjay Dutt, and Sonny Sakai. Uh, Sonny, Sonny, Sonny Sakia, yeah. Um, defeated Kazarian, Kid Cash, and uh, Michael Shane in a Serengeti survival match. Monty Brown defeated Abyss. <laughs> Fucking Michael Shane. So Michael Shane is sure Michael's cousin. Yeah, rubbish. Um, and I don't know what a Serengeti survival match is, but I hope it's what I think it is. Well, it's got Monty Brown, and so it was going to be I- fun. I hope it's just a no holds barred match with like sort of bamboo shit. <laughs> like, like I'm a celebrity meets a no holds barred match. <laughs> uh, it's, got, with... it's, it's got Motley Brown pouncing people in, so it's going to be good. Yeah, of course. Uh, tag team match with Jacqueline as a special guest referee. Johnny B. Bad and Pat Kenny defeated uh, Glenn Gilberti and Johnny Swinger. Oh, fucking hell, I really picked a bad pay per view here, didn't I? <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page defeated Raven. Petey Williams defeated Chris Sabin in a six-person tag match. AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Randy Savage defeated Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. Fun fact, that was Randy Savage's final match. Really? Yeah. And do you know how he won? Oh, God. He beat Jeff Jarrett with a one punch. (laughs) He just literally, he just punched Jeff Jarrett and then put his hand on him. One bombed. Didn't even take his sunglasses off. (laughs) <laughs> he looked like he he looked like Macho Man had like lost like all of his fucking muscle. Oh man. He, he was dead skinny. He was wearing he was wearing like a um a black t-shirt, black jeans, black sunglasses, and had his hair slipped back. Oh, I remember when he looked like that. Yeah. yeah. It's post post bone saw Randy Savage. <laughs> bone uh, saw was not ready. And then <laughs> finally, uh in a six sides of steel tag match. Chris Harris and James Storm defeated Christopher Daniels and Elix Skipper. That's one of the best um, cage matches I've ever seen. Really? Fucking awesome! It's so good. There's a spot which, when when you like go back and you talk about it, and it was you find out it was improvised at the moment, and they didn't know if it was going to work. They just did it, and it's like, what? But but you you didn't practice that, (laughs) and it's like one of the coolest things. It still it still holds up to this day. It's a fucking banger. Sweet. Oh, I forgot to mention the Petey Williams and Chris Saban match. Uh, Chris Saban match was for the X Division title as well. Nice. I'm gonna have a quick nose at that card for uh, the 2010 one now. <laughs> see what see what dross we missed out on there. That was the bad times. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't great. I'll be honest. But your main event was oh, Jeff Hardy against oh, Matt Jesus. Morgan. <laughs> it's got beer money versus inking. Enough said. And and also. Uh, to be fair, it's got Motor City Machine Guns versus the Young Bucks in a full metal, metal mayhem match. That would have been banging. Uh, yeah. That was a TLC match. Motor, yeah. City, Motor City Machine Guns versus the Bucks. Yeah, before they enough. were the Bucks. Before they were the Bucks, yeah. It's, it's also got Jeff Jarrett beating Samoa Joe by submission in under 10 minutes. So, you know, that's that's just a fucking write-off in itself. Oh, Christ. Um, oh, so never mind. <laughs> Anyway, shall we move on to the 6th of December? Um, I can't see any birthdays of any real note. Uh, if Whoa, there are... Nick Buckwinkle. I saw that, but I don't know who he is. He's um, basically he's one of the most influential world champions ever. He was like, okay. remember when Jericho was doing the whole, um, like, really well-spoken, speaking dead slow, wearing yeah, the suit yeah, yeah. and that. That was inspired by Nick Buckwinkle. Oh, okay, um, fair enough. Okay. He was very, very ahead of his time. He was a really good champion. Um, not, not the most like, not, not the most exciting wrestler because that was his whole thing. He was a heel, and he, he was just like a, he was just like a thinking man's wrestler. But he was awesome. Mm. Um, Fair enough. Pro- really, really good promo guy, managed by Bobby Heenan, and he, it was like 
you know, when Heyman was managing Punk and it was like, well, why, why have you got these two together? They're both really mm. good talkers. You just bounced off each other really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that, but in okay. the 80s. Decent. Or late 70s, early 80s. He was awesome, Nick Buckwinkle. Ah, fair enough. Okay, in that case. Other yeah. than that, no one. <laughs> we do, however, have a few pay-per-views. Um, oh, there we- is a notable death as well, actually, which was Larry the Axe Hennig, the father of Mr. Fair. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandfather of Curtis Axel. That was in 2018. Mm. Um, we'll get to 2015 for our first pay-per-view. That's Progress Chapter 24, Hit the North. Oh <laughs> uh, Open a match, Mark Haskins defeated Bubblegum. Ashton Smith oh, defeated Kyle that's... Ashmore. It's already um, getting problematic and we're one match in. This, this next one's fine. Well, actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, six no, person it's not. No, it's not. Dave Mastiff, someone we won't mention, and Nathan Cruz against Eddie Dennis. Someone else we won't mention, and Mark Andrews. Uh, oh, bit of Tommaso Ciampa defeating Zack Sabre Jr., though, for the boys. T- Tommaso Ciampa's progress run is so underrated. Barely. Yeah, he just, he just like tore apart like progress for a couple of months. Like, nice. he, was, he, was one of, he was one of the first American guys to do it. I know Joe did a bit. Uh, Ciampa did like a proper, like, decent like, run. It was like his farewell tour before he mm. signed with WWE. Uh, I think Eddie Kingston did one as well. In fact, Eddie Kingston did do one because. He cuts a promo where he's got Ilya Dragunov in a headlock and he just keeps chopping him every now and again <laughs> and saying, I hope you're uncomfortable and just carries on cutting the fire promo. Awesome. <laughs> uh, James Davis and Rob Lynch defeated Michael Dante and Tommy End. Uh, Marty Scroll uh, defeated Rampage Brown. Behave yourself. Uh, and in a three-way for the progress title, Will Ospreay defeated Morgan Webster and Zach Gibson to retain... Nice. Uh, also on this day in 2014, Chikara presents Tomorrow Never Dies. Here we go. <laughs> Get in with the serious stuff now. That's right. <laughs> Dark match for the Young Lions Cup. Heidi Lovelace defeated Missile Assault Ant um, for the Young Lions Cup. In a dark match? She won, yeah. wait, she won the Young Lions Cup in a dark match. That's mental. Yeah. That was like, that's it's not one of the bigger belts, but it's like, it's the belt they used to like kind of. Well, it's, it does what it says. Young mm. Lions is like the Rise of Star Championship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ashley Remington defeated Juan Francisco de, Corona, uh, de, de Coronado uh, in a German suplex match. <laughs> a- Ashley Remington being top shagger Dalton Castle. Yes, Dalton Castle. Friend of the podcast. Eddie Kingston defeated Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, Blaster McMassive. <laughs> And Max Smashmaster. I'm going to have to Google her name because it's bothering me now. <laughs> defeated <laughs> Dasha Hatfield and Mark uh, Anglosotti in a two out of three falls tag match to become the new Shikara Campinadas de Parajas, whatever that is. Yes. Yes. Um, Ultra Black Man, uh, Ultra Mantis Black defeated Delirious in a loser leave Shikara match. Uh, then in a Cybernetico Royale. Flex Rumble Crunch, Jacker, Jacob Hammermeer, uh, Noken, Oleg the Usurper, Oliver Grimsley, Soldieran, and Volgar defeated Amasis, Fireran, Jervis Cottonbelly, Kadama, Abarian, Aphidian, Silverant, and Workerant too. So to answer that question, um, the, the team that Blast McMassive was a part of was the Devastation Corporation. <laughs> which is just fucking awesome. The Devastation Corporation. What what a fucking great name for a tag team. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, and in the main event, Steel Cage match, Icarus defeated by submission. Uh, do how do you pronounce that? Julakian, Julakian, Dulakian. I don't know. D U L A. No, I know how to pronounce Gulak. D E U C A L I N. Duke Leon, Duke Lion. Here we go. Um, Not a clue. Yeah, fuck it. Move on. Anyway, that was the main event. Jesus. Last one, 1998 from London Arena, London, England. WWF presents Capital Carnage. Oh, yeah. Gangrel defeated Al Snow. Mosh and Thrasher defeated Hawk and Animal. Uh, Val Venus defeated Goldust. Tiger Ali Singh defeated Edge. Christian and Sable defeated Jacqueline and Mark Marrow. Ken Shamrock defeated Steve Blackburn by submission to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Triple H defeated Jeff Jarrett. 
Billy Gunn and Road Dog defeated D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry to retain the tag team titles. Uh, the Rock defeated X-Pac via disqualification to retain the world heavyweight title. And in the main event, in a fatal four-way with Gerald Briscoe, a special guest referee, Steve Austin defeated Kane, Mankind, and The Undertaker. Also, it had Vinnie Jones, a special guest enforcer. <laughs> Fuck off, did it? It did. And he got ejected by Gerald Briscoe, giving him a red card. <laughs> it, it, and literally, JR has to explain on comedy that is a soccer red card, a footballing red card. Oh, God. Vinnie Jones. And Vinnie Jones just. After like trying to spark out the big boss man, just goes, oh, for fuck's sake, and just walks to the back. <laughs> <laughs> then comes back out and has beers with Stone Cold. Nice. Um, oh. Also on this day, which need, we need to address, because if you've got a bit of Herb Abrams UWF, oh, God. You've, got, you've got to address some Herb Abrams UWF. Oh, God, have, only have we? Ever, oh, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> that one of the only um, ever sets of. Fury hour tapings, which came from, funnily enough, the home of um, XPW in a later life. So, you know, Dark Side of the Ring crossing over to another Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> also, in the same town, the PWG called a home for a long time. Okay. So, this is a long ass fucking set of tapings, but some of the names on this is wild. So, Jay Strongboat, Bo Jr., and Cactus Jack fought to a double DQ. Oh, no, sorry. Jay Strombo Jr. won by DQ, my bad. Um, Ivan Koloff defeated Matt Starr, whoever that is. Don Morocco defeated the intern. B. Brian Blair of the Killer Bees defeated Ricky Attacky. Uh, Barry O, that's Randy Orton's cousin, uh, uncle to you and I, defeated Al Lyon in a dark match. Um, who the fuck's this guy? Steve Ray defeated the Blue Knight. The Blue Knight. Steve Ray not being Stevie Ray, may I add? Definitely not. Um, he, he's he's one of the guys who I'm pretty sure got like out of being a grass about steroids on on the sh- on the dark side of the ring. Um, wow. Colonel the Beers defeated Louis Spicoli. Um, Iceman King Parsons also defeated Louis Spicoli, but I've I've got ahead of myself there. The Viking, which was the Berserker, I believe. No, oh, it yeah. wasn't. No, the Viking was Ludwig Borger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> defeated Robbie Allen. Um. Bob, Bob Orton Jr. defeated Terry Cooley. Iceman King Parsons defeated Luis Piccoli. Porn Orndorff defeated the intern. Um, Don Morocco defeated Cactus Jack by countout. Um, Colonel De Beers defeated Ricky Attacky. Bob Orton Jr. defeated Al Lyon. Then Paul Orndorff defeated Al Lyon in a minute. <laughs> Fucking hell. Al Lyon must have been a jobber for sure. Oh, there's not even a picture of him. Um, <laughs> B. Brian Bear, Blair defeated Luis Piccoli. Jay Strongbow Jr. defeated Barry O. Don Morocco defeated Terry Cooley and in the main event, Ivan Koloff defeated Steve Ray. Riveting, I know. That sounds absolutely appalling. <laughs> that sounds like it was fueled by cocaine and nostalgia. <laughs> that's what that sounds like. Two of Troy's favourite things. <laughs> cocaine and nostalgia. <laughs> Nostalgic old bastard, apparently. <laughs> oh, well, enough of that. Let's move on to this week's episode of NXT UK. Uh, if you want to let us know what you thought, give us a shout on social media, all the usual uh, outlets, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, and Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. So this week's episode kicks off with a really good video package for Dragonoff uh, and Rampage's match later on in the evening. Um, little highlights package, pit, bits and pieces of their sit-down interviews. Really, really well put together. And then we move into our opening match, uh, which is for the title, because why not? Women's title, Zaya Brookside versus Mako Satamora. Um, they were quite keen to mention on commentary about Mandy Rose, Sasha Banks, wanting both wanting matches of Mako Satamora. Like, you're going to mention I mean, them by one name. One of these things is more exciting than the other. Yeah, definitely. I'll take Sasha Banks Man- and Mako. Mandy today. versus Mako would be a bit... <laughs> that being said, man, Mandy wrestles a bit of a like sort of like she, she wrestles a similar style to like Kenny Omega, and she does a lot of like running knees and shit running like that. Knee, yeah, so she'd probably yeah. have a decent match with her. I reckon so. Um, that'd be cool. I'd like to see them eventually. Like certainly Sasha. I know Sasha mentioned she wanted to fight uh, Kaylee Ray. 
Sasha Banks, when she like wanted to leave WWE that time, actually went and trained with Mako Satomura. Yeah. In Japan. That's why isn't her ring gear like Japan like theme? Like the the font on it is like Japanese inspired. Um yeah, and she um she said that like when she when she was like kind of going through that whole like limbo of like not sure whether she was gonna stay or go. Mm. And she wanted a bit of a change. She said she wanted to do a little run in NXT UK. Mm. And it was because she knew Mako Satomura was going there. Oh, okay. And she wanted to have like a match with Mako and she wanted a match with Kaylee Ray. So it was like, well, there's two I want right there. Yeah, yeah. One of them is more likely to happen now. Well, speaking speaking of matches with Kaylee Ray, uh, Sasha Banks isn't the only person who's been saying recently she wants a match with Kaylee Ray. Why? Who else? And all, all the women on the WWE roster last night were saying, I want Kaylee Ray. Oh really? In in particular, Bailey said, "I want Kaylee Ray and Dakota Kai," which I was Ooh. like, "Yes, please, yes, both. please, yes, they'll please. be good." Yeah, man. Kaylee Ray's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this match, um, Mako just shows off uh, loads of early dominance. Uh, Brookside can't get a foot in the match at all. It just feels like she's schooling her throughout the whole thing. Um, Zion manages to shit bag her way back into the match. Um, by kicking her while she's kind of holding the ropes. Uh, Mako then proceeds to punt Zyra a few times and then continues maintaining control. Uh, Zyra attempts to fight her way back into the match again. Mako's just having none of it. Um, it was just all one-way traffic, pretty much. Uh, Zyra fights back again, gets a two-off a code breaker. Uh, she avoids a couple of Mako's kicks, and then eventually Mako hits a burning hammer and Scorpio rising for the win. It was... Just all Mako, really. There wasn't anything to shout about in the match itself. It felt more like yeah, so, Mako was just kind of giving her an education, like a schooling. Yeah, th- there was a there was a little bit of a um, li- little bit of uh, um, like resurgence from Zaya. She like she did get like a bit of offense. It was it was cool because they they brought up the fact that Zaya like briefly worked for Stardom. Oh, okay. She was. Definitely working a little bit more of a stiffer style with Mako. Mm. And then Mako just fucking receded there and there's like Sai was one oh god. Not like that for a while. <laughs> um but it's cool because a lot of this women's division, like it if if they've been to Japan, they've probably never worked Mako, but they've been in stardom, which is cool because it means like yeah. it's it's almost like a low-key dream match for people who have followed like Japanese uh, women's wrestling. So mm-hmm. I know a couple of guys on our Discord are like massive like nerds of Japanese yeah, women, yeah, yeah. so I need to pick their brains about it. But from what I gather, Mako was part of um I think it was Pro Wrestling Diana and Sendai Girls were the two promotions she was part of, whereas Zaya was part of Stardom, so it wouldn't have really crossed paths much at mm. all. But it's it's cool. Certainly cool to see Mako just going around taking fucking names. <laughs> um and yeah, I, like I say, Zaya got a bit of offense, but it was it was pretty much a routine victory for Mako. I I had some issues with this match, not the quality of it, but just for a start, Zaya shouldn't have got anywhere near as much offense in as she did. The match went that, much longer than it needed to, and I yeah. think that the way that she got this match was her just basically asking her dad. But that was the that story. That it it was, but what I'd like to have seen is Mako beat her convincingly without letting her get any offense in at all. And then you can really build Zaya's character up off the back of being absolutely schooled and embarrassed. Have her come back a couple of months later when she's proved she's ready. But then in that time building up to it, let her win by kind of more heelish tactics, build her up to be number one contender, make her more of a credible challenger, challenger by having her go on this string of wins, but being heelish about it and thinking shit, if she's willing to use those tactics, like, there could actually be a chance that she beats her. Whereas, there was no chance at all she was going to beat her in this. You knew straight away. And I think for me, that would have made us a more compelling storyline going forward, and you'd be able to do more with Brookside's character if you just had her convincingly just squashed, essentially. And then she uses momentum off that. I feel like this is more kind of like playing, because they've only recently, like, turned Zaya. They've only they've only recently like given her this sort of like daddy's girl. Mm. I'm I'm gonna like I'm gonna use me backstage politics to like with me dad to 
be able to like get opportunity that other people can't. So I think getting this like from the get go means that all right, well now you've got to earn it, mm. and because she did, she didn't really, as you say, she didn't really get much offensive, and she got bitten. But I think that's that's more just like Mako's way of like. It's I, I like it because it means whenever Mako does wrestle, it means something. Mm. Like when she first come in, she was having like just like random tag matches and stuff, and it was like, ah, oh, this is a bit like no, why, why are we be getting used? Yeah, like why are we doing this? Like Mako, literally, you brought someone in, called them the final boss. They've done like I'm all for her doing squash matches, but like when she was doing like the tag match with like Amelia McKenzie, like she's done a few of them now. It's like. Mm. This this isn't the final boss. This is like someone who's just there to fucking make up like make up numbers on the show. That yeah, we, yeah. If so, if you're billing someone as the final boss, have them like like the way Walter was portrayed as the mm. uh, NXT UK champion, where people only wrestled really wrestled Walter when Walter fucking was defending the belt. Yeah, it was very very rare Walter wrestled anything that wasn't not a title match. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why that's why it's good to do and that with Mako. But on the the flip side of that, Mako because Mako is getting used so sparingly in that role. When she does, she's got to make sure like the people she's wrestling don't just get eaten up. Mm. So even if it's giving Zyra a little bit of offense, it's still enough to kind of make people go, "Yeah, oh, maybe another day that that could be a different result." Mm-hmm. I mean, we won't think that, but yeah, th- there's always that. Like, okay, mm. well, this is. This is laying the groundwork for something. Clearly, with Zaya's character, it's laying the groundwork for something. You'd think yeah. they are, yeah. Even if it's just like, I don't know, like having her as like a low level heel, mm. like the two point of uh, the women's division. Her and Stevie Turner. Whoa, no, Stevie Turner's from the fourth dimension, pal. Steady on. Uh anyway, moving on. Uh, we see Rohan Raja and uh, Charlie Dempsey in like a little kind of staircase. They walk up to a rooftop. Um, this is a really, really nicely shot video. Tone it was, of it and everything it was really. It nice. was like a. It reminded me of him, Luther. Yeah, yeah. Not not the original Death Dealer Luther, the uh, <laughs> the gritty British crime show starring Idris Elba Luther. Who? <laughs> Death Dealer. The, the original. The original Death Dealer Luther. Um, so not, not him. Shit. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, we yeah, did have that sort of feel. It, it reminded me of Luther the way it was like sort of shot with like the London skyline in the background, but on a rooftop. Mm. And they were like, ju- just like the way it was shot as well, like with the lighting of it. Yeah. And stuff like that. The only issue I took with it was when Roman come off his phone. You could clearly see he just put his phone up to his head. Yeah, ain't no one on the other end of that. <laughs> yeah, at least, at least, like, do what, um, if you're gonna do something like that, at least do what they fucking do on like BTE, where they'll they'll pull it away and it'll be like so, they'll be googling something stupid, like when oh, I can't remember there was one with Cody Rhodes did it and it like he pulled his phone away and it was it was something to do with the um with um the revival or or like take it like. Hostile takeovers or something like that because he's teasing <laughs> over right, Kenny right. and the Bullock Club. I see. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, he says Taylor passes on his gratitude. Uh, and they ask him what's important, and Dempsey just says legatage, legatage, legacy, and heritage. Uh, and then Raja just says, Welcome to the family. But he says De Familia, which is the name of their faction. De familia. But it's not spelt German de, for the family. It's not spelt familia in German. It's spelt I. It's de family, not familia. Familia is Spanish, isn't it? Mm, yeah. So I don't know. May, I, I don't maybe get it. it's um. Is a gem for familia? Nah. Look it up. No? I because what this their their match they're the, on the TV tapings I was at. It was them against Gallus. Their video package. It's spelt de family, like L I E at the end. But he pronounces it familiar. And the ring announcer at the tapings I was at, she pronounced it de familia. And to my knowledge, familia is Spanish. Yeah. So I'm a little bit confused. But anyway, it's what it is. 
Um, this is really nicely shot. To be fair, on the I'm just looking on YouTube now on the YouTube video, it's spelt like the German spelling of family. Yeah, but it's not pronounced familiar. <sighs> the, the, the fucking fucking get it right. Tell you, man, I'll sort it out. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, but I mean, to be fair, for all we know, it could be like um, it could be like a different dialect, couldn't it? Like because uh, he's he's a Turkish German. Yeah, that's true. There, there might be it might be like the Turkish German dialect of it. Possibly, possibly. Because there is that there is that sort of thing, isn't it? There is, yeah. Because you get like, like German, the way we get, say like, things and the way Swiss Aaron German, says things. Well, yeah, that's totally different, though, isn't it? Yeah. We 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 speak English and Aaron speaks whatever Honglish. the fuck that is. <laughs> Wildling. Wildling. <laughs> um anyway, after this we get Mako and Amelia um interviewed after their match. Um Mako says she's going back to Japan for a week and then Blair Davenport enters and says, What's she gonna do? Like what's Amelia gonna do when, when no. her friend isn't there to protect her? You are. She's not going for a fucking week, pal, the way things are going. <laughs> Mako's gonna be there for at least a month. Fuck me. At least. At least. Um, next match, well, I imagine off the back of that, we're getting Blair Davenport and Amelia, I guess. Oh, we the, are, actually, because they, they announced it later. Announced it's next it. week, that's it. Um, yeah, off the back of this. I, I imagine we're probably building up to Mako and Blair. I wouldn't be surprised if Blair took the belt off Mako. Oh. I do think it's too soon, and I, I still think Aoife Valkyrie seemed like the most logical person to do that but they've put a lot of stock in Blair Davenport. Mm. And rightfully so. She's brilliant. Um, yeah. I've, I'll let you I've into seen this match. They are doing that match. I've seen it. I was about to say, I, I've seen that match at an indie show and it was tremendous. Mm. So I'm looking for, really looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when we'll get it. I don't know. Like they're, they're saying they're writing off Mako for a week, but if she does go to Japan, like you say, it's going to be definitely more than a week. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be a week. It's <laughs> well, look at it this way: you've got to isolate, haven't you, for two weeks when you get in the country, mm. unless you've got. A... Oh, actually, no, she might have the she might have a way around because if you've got a work visa there, which she has, you just do a PCR. You, you can, yeah, you just you just go in, make sure you test you test negative, and then you go about your business. Um, I I assume she's going over there to do some work with like get promotions over there. Mm. Like do a bit of admin, obviously as well. Probably see a family over Christmas. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, it's, we'll see. Indeed. After this, I know. I know there was the whole thing with um with Will Osprey with him going to Wrestle Kingdom. And he said, "Yeah, don't worry about it. It's nothing's going to stop me from getting like getting to Wrestle Kingdom." And then it was like, "Oh yeah, because he's got this visa, he can just walk in the country because he's ah oh, okay." He's he's got like a working visa for for New Japan. He's been in and out the country. Right, right. Still went down to one rainmaker though. I I said to Aaron, it's Aaron said it's not going to be one rainmaker. I think a card is going to maintain risk control and get two this time. <laughs> Just maintain to make sure risk control. <laughs> That's what he does. He hits them and then he keeps the risk control. He keeps all of the risk. Pulls them back up and twats them with another. <laughs> Just, just for good luck, just to just that, to make sure. That being said, the card has not been fucking around recently. He beat Buddy Matthews with just one rainmaker, yeah. and Buddy Matthews is considerably more harder than Will Osprey. Is he? Well, yeah, Buddy Murphy's boss, isn't he? He is. It's a fucking <laughs> tank. <laughs> <laughs> tank of a man. Uh, uh, anyway, next up, Saxon Huxley against Kenny Williams. Uh, Saxon is just a big, powerful beast. Uh, Show some real laddie. rings. He is. Show some real ring smarts. Uh, when he's getting back into the ring, Kenny looks like he's about to sort of try and bail him over the top. And Sax takes his time and just smashes him with a big boot to the face. Um, it showed a little bit more of a kind of like calculated, like smart thinking Saxon Huxley mm. in this match rather than him just kind of like barreling about. Rather um, than just being a savage. Yeah. Uh, he hits a bat breaker from a headlock position, which looked like a nasty landing on like the lower back for uh, Williams. Um, Williams has eventually managed to gain some advantage. Saxon's momentum sends him over the turnbuckle in the corner to the outside. Uh, and then Williams just continues to try and target his leg uh, and bring him down. Um, after a few short arm clotheslines, he then bounces Kenny off opposite ring post, gets a two count off another bat breaker. Um, he misses an elbow drop off the middle rope. Kenny gets two off a DDT. Uh, subculture's music then goes off for reasons uh, and causes... Right. 
I've got an issue with this. Of course you and have. I think you're going to know what I'm going to say here. <clears throat> Why did they put the screen graphic on? When they weren't there? Yeah, well, they, they put the screen graphic on for the music in. Like, yeah. Just, just show the video on the screen. Probably. I don't need the screen to go, like, I don't need the live feed to go black and white. Just show the video on the trot. Yeah. yeah. It was so distracting of what was actually going on in the match. Because the thing like, is, it was it was distracting for the viewer by having it overlaid. It's not like it suddenly goes black and white for Kenny Williams while he's there. So no. we didn't need to see that. Or is it an no. automatic thing? Whereas if the video plays, then that automatically comes on with it. It's There's like no, a production thing. Like production, you can't you can you can only have one. You can't you can't you can't switch them off. It's all, no, all nothing. You didn't, you didn't do the video bit, did you? You just had the fucking grayscale and the right going around the screen. Yeah. Oh no no, they had the, the video on the screen at the back. Yeah, at the back, but when, when they do the entrance, like it goes to the oh, video so of them all walking across the bridge, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just odd. It was very odd. Especially because, anyway, you know, Ginny done a murder on Danny Luna and Mark Andrews is there. Mark, Mark Andrews is the only one that's, like, able to At least he's not coming moment, out to a shitty own band music. That was fucking <sighs> I, I don't mind the subculture music. It's it's inoffensive, whereas his, his band music's just like... Ugh. <laughs> Give, gives me a fucking migraine just listening to it. <laughs> uh, Williams gets distracted off that anyway. Uh, and then, uh, where am I? I've lost himself in my notes. Uh, yeah, Saxley hits um, Saxley? Saxon Huxley. Oh, not having it today. Uh, he hits a fireman's carry spine buster sort of thing for the win. I, I don't good. quite know what it was, but it looked cool. It was an inverted Death Valley driver. Oh, there you go. Okay, sweet. There we go. Um, we then see. Um, it feels like Huxley's building a bit of momentum as of late, which is nice. Deserves it. I feel like because Ilya's kind of whole gimmick at the moment is I'm going to just beat all the horses all the time, mm. and he's just he's just like actually murdered Rampage. Yeah, um, actual murder. He caved his head and spoilers for later on. Um, <laughs> Like, I think Saxon's, like, the next big guy that you can kind of have as, like, a bit of a stopgap between, like, big feuds. Because, mm. I, I, I mean, obviously, you've probably got a bit more insight into this because you've you've been taping, so you know what's coming next to a degree. Um, but I, I get the impression that, like, Ilya's going to have, like, a sort of a stopgap feud before his next big opponent. Yeah. Whether that be Rampage coming back because he's got unfinished business or whether that's like another heel, like I don't know, like a Kenny Williams, for example. Oh, but then it's Kenny it's, it's better than that. I was gonna say Kenny Williams hasn't got much fucking momentum going at the moment, has it? Mm. Yeah, I I don't know when they're gonna broadcast it, but his his next feud is going to be fire. Spicy. Yeah, boy. Um, Being said, there's the potential, some of the potential for feuds with Ilya just banging, aren't they? Like, yeah, he, and he doesn't have to face heels. He can, he can face like, yeah, I'd like, like to see him in Rampage. It was a good thing because, yeah, but they've, they've got unfinished business, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but like the thing, the thing with Rampage, like it was a good thing them turning him a heel because heel Rampage is much more compelling than face Rampage. Yeah, absolutely, because he's an absolute bastard. Yeah, um, but. It's still like you, you didn't need to turn Rampage here. You could have kept him as a babyface, really. Mm-hmm. Could have done, but as you say, more compelling. And yeah. I don't think there's enough heels in NXT UK. Like I out mean, and out heels. They've, they've actually committed to the Sam Gradwell babyface turn that I called ages ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who have we got as heels? We've got Eddie Dennis, we've got, and Symbiosis, we've got Mark Andrews. Um, Kenny <laughs> Williams. I love that you've just looped um, Andrews into that with absolutely no irony. But Dar and Shah, but they're like funny. Mm. Got pretty deadly, but they're funny. Mm. Um, and then on the women's side, what Ginny Blair Davenport? Ginny, but she might be getting called up by the sound of things. Mm. A lot of talk about Ginny getting called up to either main roster or NXT 2.0. Is that because she's with Walter and everyone's expecting Walter to get called up? Because they want to cater for Walter to be on the main roster, yes. Mm. So if they get if they bring his girlfriend, it's more convincing for Walter to go off, go up. Mm. 
also no spoilers for NXT War Games because obviously a lot of our listeners and yourself haven't watched it yet. But th- I mean, th- there was a lot of chant for Walter last night. <laughs> <laughs> the fans, are, the fans are fucking expecting it. Mm. Expect so. the unexpected. Also, mm. oh, again, Ilya vs. Walter three then. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. No. Um, okay. Anyway, move on. Uh, speaking of baby faces, Gradwell approaches Shah Samuels, who is also another known baby face, clearly. Um, he's taking bets on the new number one contender for Noam Dar's Heritage Cup. And the list he's got on the whiteboard is hilarious. So he's got Air Kid, as in E H question mark. Yeah. Tyler Bates, spelled T I L E R. John Coffey, Saint Johnny Saint. Doink the Clown, Samson Gradwell, who's who's in at 4,000 to one, and he's written a mugs bet next to it. Yeah. <laughs> Gradwell says, I'll face you next week. I bet you a tenner. And at those odds, you better get your, your cash ready to pay out. Well, is, is that is it, it, it? The thing is, is that do those odds stand for like the match between Shah and Gradwell? Because yeah. Because that's not a number one contenders match. No, it's not. But so why would the but that's what he, that's what Shah had on his on his bet on his bookies board. So surely the odds would be different. I don't know. I don't know. Where Shah needs tweet to, him. Ask him. Shah needs to crunch the numbers on that. He might be getting a a raw deal. <laughs> but then he might he might he might uh, screw himself over and go. Oh well, I'm definitely going to beat him. And then the the odds drastically go high. Ba, stop with that shit. I'm saying I'm, it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, parameters here. The numbers don't no, lie. You, you, oh, stop it! You're getting into they that spell spine. disaster for Sam Gradwell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get to fuck! Right, moving on. <laughs> Blair Davenport and Amelia McKenzie, as well as the tag team championship match between Pretty Deadly and Mustache Mountain, are announced for next week. We That's then get cool. a really cool sit down interview. Uh, kind of vignette promo uh, hyping that tag match for both teams. Uh, this is really good. Showed their, the history of their matches, both of them kind of like addressing the camera. Um, pretty deadly kind of recognising Mustache Mountain as the kind of the um, the founding fathers, if you like, the kind of the ones that sort of laid the foundations. Pretty um, deadly was scared in the line of baby face in this pr- promo, I thought. Were they? They were, like, because they were very respectful of uh, Mustache Mountain. Yeah, like they were like they were they were easily the hardest challenge we've had, and then like but we beat them. Um, but it's like <laughs> the, it's the fact that they were like acknowledging it for me is like okay, that's like because let's face it that with WWE any kind of booking like that is it's black and white. It's like yeah, it, it's not like oh yeah, a heel who shows respect it doesn't really happen much. Whereas it, it baby faces the show respect all the time. So the fact that pretty deadly have acknowledged that it was. A bit more shades of grey, like for pretty deadly as whether the heels or not. But they're obviously they're gonna heels. they're gonna be bastards. Yeah, no, but obviously they're gonna be bastards in the match. But yeah, I mean that in the promo itself, it was like scared in the line of babyface. Mm. I like the promo though. I like the, the video I package. Brilliant. Really nice. I um, really, really, really I love Mustache Mountain, but I don't think it's time for pretty deadly to drop those belts. Okay. I think there's a great deal more they can achieve with that. Yeah, but then I feel like the emergence of the family as well. Um, it spells it, it, the writings on the wall for for it really, isn't it? Mm. We'll see. Even even though the more compelling thing would be to just turn have Trent turn on Tyler or Tyler turn on Trent. on Trent. Yeah, that's the much more compelling thing, especially with the whole like Trent costing Tyler the Heritage Cup and mm. Trent obsessing over the tag team titles. Yeah. Which he was again in this. He was. His, his whole he promo was, was I need this, I need this, not we need Yeah, this. and then he'd go, I mean, we we need this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> that's what I mean. It's more compelling for me if Pretty Deadly retain again mm. and then Mustache Mountain implode. As a result of the, yeah. As a result. And then they could even, if they didn't want to break them up, they could even like have them have a match against each other and then try and like overcome the differences. Mm. Not, not, not so much like the whole WWE trouble. Can they coexist? But 
an actual like compelling story of okay well we've settled like our differences in the ring our friendship means too much so as to throw that away let's we've got that out of our system now let's yeah like try and regain them and then they get them mm-hmm. or smith and carter get them like they should yes smith and carter but i digress yeah um probably anyway more next week <laughs> we'll move on to the main event uh which is rampage brown against Ilya dragunov for the nxc uk heavyweight champion not heavyweight champion, just nxc uk championship i mean it is a heavyweight championship but yeah anyway um hard hitting, wasn't it was it's just stiff as fuck fuck me um yeah it took rampage like a few moments to actually land that first shot but when he did that's what kind of like fired things off mm. um Dragunov then keeps Brown in a headlock for the longest time, just keeps control of him in that, um, despite kind of Brown like lifting him up, dropping him down, like still maintain the contact. Um, and he eventually managed to break out and hits like what was pretty much like a backdrop driver. Um, mm. He then rags Dragunov's spine off both posts on the outside of the ring. Um, and he keeps up the attack on Ilya's lower back, which they keep mentioning as like a kind of like a a target area, like an injured area. Uh, and yeah, Fuck he's me. just... He wrote this shit, Sean Michaels. <laughs> he's just slinging him off Backstage the politics, lower back problems. Come on, Sean. <laughs> Bit less on the nose, lad. <laughs> uh, hits him with some more bat drops and like some bear hugs. Really just working over the lower back. Um, he gets launched into the ropes, Irish whips into the ropes, uh, and his back gives way as soon as he hits the ring, uh, as soon as he hits the ropes and just crumbles to the mat. Um, Brown then goes for a doctor bomb. Uh, Dragunov manages to block that, uh, and he attempts to lift him up over his shoulders, which he does. Uh, he then, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really squats down low to get him up and over. Um, he then follows up with that, tries to suplex, uh, Rampage. He can't get him up for that. Uh, follows up with a few series of stiff strikes to the face. Tries again, but Rampage then clobbers him with a forearm. Dragunov hits an insiguri, and then Brown's just down on the mat. They go to a couple of replays, and they call the match. And it this... looked like Ilya was setting up for the Torpedo Moscow anyway, wasn't it? It did. But he it... was in the corner. Yeah. It, this was really weird, but like this is the, the one I mentioned was on the tapings. Mm. They didn't show it on the televised version. The ref threw up the X. They had like the paramedics yeah. come over with like a bed and stuff like that. And I couldn't work out what happened. It was only when they were showing it on this, they were like, oh, it was the insecurity. Oh, you caught this fuck caught his boot. right in the temple, didn't you? I didn't notice that. Like, obviously, we didn't get the replay while we were there, like you did watching it on TV. Mm. And initially, I thought, oh, has he broke his nose? Has he injured his neck? Like, couldn't work it out because there was no. There was no blood. Nah, caution that one, in it? Yeah, I imagine but, so. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it felt, it did feel like a very abrupt finish. Obviously it was, but it, it did like, they didn't do any kind of production around it. They, they just went, oh yeah, it's no. match stoppage. Yeah. It, it just KO'd Rampage. They um, got that to play into though, when he undoubtedly yeah. gets a rematch. Hmm. So yeah, they, especially because like they, they played up the whole oh yeah well, Ilya broke Dave Mastiff's nose that time and that mm. like and that was obviously like a weird thing. It wasn't like Ilya just being reckless. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they, they kind of they they have that to play into now, where it's like oh yeah, Ilya's like takes down big guys. He's like a giant slayer almost. <laughs> yeah. As I say, that's why I get the impression like they're probably building Saxon up for. Not immediately, but somewhere down the line. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was. It, and hopefully, Rampage is okay as well. That's the main yeah, thing, isn't it? Because yeah. it looked like on the replay when they shown the slow mo, fucking hell, it was horrible. Yeah, just just the angle. Like it wasn't even like the angle he hit Rampage. It was like the way Rampage just kind of crumpled to the mat. Mm. Yeah, man. And you could tell he wasn't okay. And it was, nah. But good on them for identifying that immediately and stopping the match. Yeah, straight away, man. Straight away. Really good. Um, yeah, that was NXT UK then. Uh, what were your highs and lows, mate? Um, my high was the Mustache Mountain and Pretty Deadly vignette. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, really excited for that match. I've got the fear so much the Pretty Deadly's title reigns coming to an end. Um, 
but I, I did thoroughly enjoy like that. And, I, and let's face it, it's probably going to be a match of the year contender. The last yeah. one was. Yeah. Uh, and everything pretty deadly in Mustache Mountain. Every time they've like had like an interaction, it's been really interesting and really compelling. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, it'll be good regardless. Yeah. We already know it's going to be good. It's just how good. Definitely. Um, my low. Uh, I don't want to say the finish for the main event, although it was it was like very. Like, it's just disappointing of, that how it ended. Yeah, it was very abrupt. Um, I'd probably say. Um, Subculture. <laughs> <laughs> or lack of. <laughs> no, um, I don't think I had a low. To be honest. Like the, the only thing that really left me like kind of like one more was the the finish to the main event, and that couldn't be helped because it was a legitimate injury. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd probably I'd probably say I wouldn't have a low. Yeah, fuck it, I won't have a low. Cool, no worries. Um, my low. Uh, desire Brooks to make a Satamora match. Not that the match is bad like but for the reasons that i discussed afterwards like i think it's just more of a personal thing like i'd rather have just seen it make her come out and just like squash her and they build off that as a more compelling thing for zaya's character but yeah right but it was of the three matches it was the one that i was like in hindsight like having watched all of them one the one that did the least for me um Mm. but it wasn't a terrible match but seeing huck's like launch Kenny Williams about is always fun and up until the stoppage yeah. dragging off and, and rampage is really good um yeah my high uh I'll give to the um Raja and uh Dempsey vignette just I thought it was really nicely shot um yeah, yeah I just I'm, I'm a, a big cinematographer fan and so that just looks awesome, as you say. Like, got lots of Luther vibes from it, with the the skyline and, and the tone and the kind of the gritty British and detective show vibes. Yeah, big, and they're big like the crime that. family that are the sort of like the antagonists. Yeah, big fan. Yeah, it was um, um very well shot indeed. Did enjoy yeah. it. I didn't realize my webcam had just turned itself off either. I don't know how I've long been it's off been the off. whole podcast, mate. Had it? So, like, literally, like after the after the women's match. Oh, I had no idea. I moved, my, I moved my notes over the top of it because I was just like, oh, okay, that works. I'm still kind of looking towards it if I've got my notes. I didn't realise it turned off. Yeah, yeah, I was just, just rolled with it, mate. Professional oh. at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Much appreciated. Uh, and we'll catch you next time for our next review. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. <laughs>